Body Family Temple, where we talk about all things church and what it means to be the people of God before a watching world. Uh, I'm Eric Miller, uh, lead teaching pastor at Mercy Hill Church. In the recording studio with me today are Mr. or is Mr. Matt Rao, and I'm struggling to think of your title, Connect, Connect Pastor. Pastor. Yes. Mercy. Hey. We're off to a great start when I can't remember uh, what your title is, but not that it matters. You do what you do. That's good. Say hello again. Hey, how you doing? Okay. We also have Mr. Mark Russell, Associate Teaching Pastor at Mercy Hill Church. What up? <laughs> and we've got Mr. Conrad Hirschberger, Executive Pastor at Mercy Hill Church. Hey there. That was that was well done. Um yeah, so th- on this podcast, what it's all about is the church. Uh, so as I said in the intro, this is going to be a pretty, we're, we're going to talk about all things church. It's going to be a pretty wide-ranging podcast. We're hoping to do some interviews uh, with some different pastors at some point, hear some different churches' stories, uh, talk with some missionaries uh, from some different places that are um, planting churches and working with the local church in different contexts around the world. Uh, but we are passionate about the local church. We're passionate about the Bible. We're passionate about Jesus. We're passionate about the gospel. And uh, because of those things, we're also passionate about the local church. We think it's what Jesus is building. Uh, Actually, we don't think that. We know that. Uh, He promised it, that he was going to build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And so um, he's the one that does the heavy lifting, but he does call us um, to work with him in what he's doing. And we're all just kind of one part of the body, which gets me into, uh, which I should probably explain here in this pilot episode, uh, the reason for the title Bride Body Family Temple. Those those four things are four metaphors that the New Testament uses for the local church. All of them are actually found in the book of Ephesians. You can find some of them in other places in the New Testament as well. But let me me just read uh, some passages of scripture here out of Ephesians. Um, to let everybody know where we're getting these from. And as I do this, the reason I want to explain this um, is one that, yeah, it's in the, it's in the title to this podcast. So we wanted to let you know why. Um, But also just to understand that, that these things, as we talk about them, we'll, we'll we'll come back to them again and again uh, over the course of this podcast um, is that these are, these are identities. These are like corporate identities and they're inspired corporate identities that, ways in which um, God has chosen to describe who his people are. No single one of us is the body or the bride or the temple or the family, but we're part of that. And I, I am really uh, passionate and adamant that understanding not just who we are as individuals in Christ, which is, is very important conversation, very central to discipleship, um, and we'll talk about some of that too on these podcasts, but I'm also passionate about people understanding who we are corporately as the body of Christ. And I think, um, just to be really honest, I think we're pretty bad at this. We're bad at understanding it. Um, even at Mercy Hill, I think it's something we can grow in. I think, um, in regards to the church at large, it's something that we really need to grow in is understanding that these are the contexts into which we were saved. You guys got any quick thoughts on that? And then I will read those, read those passages. But yeah, I think uh, I think it's good. One, one thing you said that is helpful just to just to understand. I think from a methodological standpoint, is this idea of of uh, understanding that it it's identity first, right? And so yeah. a lot of the ways that we talk about uh, church, oftentimes, is we 
we ask the questions in the wrong order, I think. I think we focus on and, and ask questions about what we do and, and how it should look and everything 100%. like that. Yes. And, and and I think part of what we're trying to say and are, and are going to say with this idea is that first the Bible is going to talk about what your identity is, who you are. Um, and that's really a big, that's a big idea, you know, even on an individual level, but also fighting for that from, from a corporate standpoint too. Like this is part of how the Bible define it's the way the Bible defines you is in, is in these ways and these metaphors are helpful in bringing out different aspects of that. But it's, it's first understanding that identity, who you are, who we are as God's people and being clear on that and, and getting into, in, into some of the weeds of that even, but then, but then asking the questions in light of that, okay, how does this actually look and what do we do? But, but it's in, it's in that order. Right. And, yes. uh, and I think that's part of what we, uh, we, we miss a lot of times in church is we, we, we misplace those things. Yeah. What we do flows out of who we are and, um, and it has to, it has to be like that identity has to be at the beginning. Let me read these scriptures quick and then we'll, from some of the other guys and they can comment on some of this too and just share their heart uh behind why we're doing this podcast but quickly here in ephesians 5 first of all in, with the idea of the bride of, of the church being the bride of christ ephesians 5 25 husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by washing of the water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And, of course, that's a quote from uh, Genesis chapter 2 in regards to Adam and Eve. But, again, as Paul's been doing through this whole passage, he, he, he turns it here at the end of, of 5 and, and lets you know that he's really talking, ultimately talking about Christ in the church. And he says, this mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. That's the main point. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband's in, in regards to the body, probably the metaphor that I would say most people are familiar with, uh, in regards to, uh, speaking about the church, many people, um, even if they're not sure where exactly it's found, they've heard the phrase, the body of Christ. We'll go to Ephesians 4. We'll jump in at uh, verse 11 real quick. It says, And he, being Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So he describes us all together as a body. We each have different parts. Of course, he uses this metaphor as well, too, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 uh, through 14. Um, and so then you also have, though, the metaphor of family, and that would be here at towards the end of Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, he says, uh, I'll just jump in in verse 11, I guess. It says, therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made by the flesh, which is made in the flesh by hands, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made 
us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two and so, and so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So there's some of that body language again. And verse 17, and he came and he preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father, okay? And again, the, the idea of the Father uh, referring to God is something that obviously um, implies family, but also some of the language in there about um, being strangers and aliens. And again, some of that language would also be, you know, that maybe we weren't citizens one time of this kingdom, but now we are. But also this, this family dynamic. He says, so then again, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Again, not the exact word family, um, but this idea of being part of the household of God. And then this is actually the place too where he rolls right into, and he kind of mixes images here, uh, this, this temple metaphor, which is kind of our last metaphor in the title. Again, bride, body, family, temple. He says, in whom the whole structure, so he moves now to structure talk or structure language, being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together an idea of a temple, into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And so there, right there in the book of Ephesians, again, the book of Ephesians is high-level, big vision of all that the church should be, not only on earth, but the impact it should have. Uh, even in some places, it talks about the impact that we should have in the spiritual realms before the angels and demons and how God is even glorifying his name through the church, through us, to them. Okay, I've said enough words. Matt Rao. Why don't you share? <laughs> why don't you share uh, just a little bit of what your thoughts are about this podcast and this pilot episode? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts rumbling around my head here, and I'll try to put it out in a uh, organized manner here. Uh, I think sometimes we have a misconception of what the church looks like for the Christian. Um, we have this cultural thing that we love to be the Lone Ranger, and even interestingly enough, even the Lone Ranger had people. And, and, and his horse. Yeah, who was the lone? Yeah, what was his name? Tonto. Tonto. There you Silver go. Silver and Scout were the two two horses. But there you go. Um, you know, he even wasn't alone in this. Right. And um, in in this mission that God has given us, <clears throat> um, I think also there's a misconception of what the church um actually is. Uh, growing up in church almost all my life, uh, a lot of times I hear the church referred to as the building. Um, sure. Sometimes yeah. it's referred to as the service on Sunday. And so not even understanding that it is, is much broader and, and so much bigger and deeper than those things yeah. that a lot of times we refer to the church as. Um, and so where do we get the perfect or the, the definition, the right definition is exactly what we just read here. We need to go to the Bible and we need to go God's word to understand what the church is about and what it is for and, and who it's for. Yeah, hundred percent. And in all those things, and maybe we can talk about that for just a second um, too, is just like in regards to a Sunday morning worship service, we, we wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believe that that's something that the church should do is gather together in corporate worship to go vertical, to sing, and to worship Jesus, to not just have the word discussed, but also to have the word um, declared and proclaimed boldly. Uh, however, we also believe that the church should gather in smaller groups or smaller settings with, with 
your people so that the word can be discussed so that everybody can be heard from and and cared for and needs can be met and people can receive individual prayer we believe that people should meet together one-on-one and one-on-two in little discipleship groups or whatever you want to call them um, and different things like that but but the point is is that the church isn't just one thing that we do although there are things that we do but if but again the point is is that if you don't understand this idea of the church as identity these identities then you end up for literally decades as i think probably all of us would say we fell into at some point and we've definitely seen people fall into this we're just literally for decades you just show up and just kind of do what you do but you don't understand who you are and you don't understand uh what you're a part of any, any thoughts on that yeah i think sometimes too um we see an unhealthy church arrive out of that and then people define the church by unhealthiness by a dysfunctional church and that's what they think church actually is when it actually isn't and we need to go once again back to the word of god to know, understand how a church is to be and how it is to be healthy uh, there's no such thing as a perfect church but there is a, such a thing as a healthy church absolutely yeah that you know and that's part of the language that we uh, use a lot. I, I feel like I do use it some on Sunday mornings. We we try to. I probably actually need to use that more. I like. I don't think we can overuse that phrase. Um, uh, but we, you guys know, we talk about it a lot. Just kind of like internally about like, look, yeah, we're we're always gonna have some issues and some some ailments as a body. But um, but we can be healthy. We again, uh, glorification is glorification. Sin will be eradicated when there's no more sin. That's when there will be no more issues. Uh, but we can be, but we can be healthy. Um, and I think that we need to, uh, yeah, not always frame the conversation as if though it's, it's, we're always just going to fail or there's always just going to be problems within the church or whatever. So Mark, yeah, I think uh, even as you guys are just talking, I feel like it, it already, I, you can start to see how it just provides clarity. I think a lot of times we, we think about church just as something that we do with, with, you know, Christianity or God sprinkled in, but, but it's not super clear on like how we should do it or why we should do it. And so that's where you start seeing like, well, how's it, you know, let's just look over at successful businesses or something and kind of right. steal some of their practices and we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it in a quote unquote Christian way, right. but we really find, we can find a Bible verse to hijack. Exactly. To right. Yeah. Them. And yeah. so, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's a lot of that, um, because it has been detached from, no, this is first who we are. And, and why we're doing what we're doing. You also see, I think, Matt, you brought this up, I think, but but we see a lot of unhealthy churches. And so I think that's another place that we go. We've all, you know, most of us have had had some kind of experience with that. And and I think we've, we've seen that a lot where we're not necessarily going to the Bible asking these questions, but we are looking at maybe bad situations, things that haven't gone well, unhealthy things that have taken place. And we we course correct from that. Um, which again, isn't all wrong. Like I think we, you, you live and learn and there are no perfect churches, but, but you still see how it's, it's, it's not necessarily coming to the Bible, trying to understand the way that it's talking about these things. It's, it's, uh, we, we just kind of view it as another thing that we do and we, we add some Christianity to it, but ultimately our method and everything is, is getting pulled from outside places. And, uh, this is, this is first and foremost, it's, it's really not about us and our, you know, our, our Christianity or, or whatever you want to make it about. It's, it's first about 
God and his work in the world and the way that he's, he's doing that through his people. Um, but, but you don't, you don't get that unless you're willing to come and ask those questions first. Um, yeah. Yeah. And even these, even these metaphors, just the metaphors themselves, I just think they're incredibly rich and, and helpful and they should be central to the way that we, that we think about church. Um, you know, this past week, uh, at Mercy Hill, we've been going through Romans here in 2023 and this past week we, uh, uh, just have started in the last couple of weeks on Romans chapter 12. And, uh, I talked a little bit about this in the, uh, the sermon this past week, but those famous two verses at the beginning of 12, where Paul talks about offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, um, uh, holy and acceptable to God, but then being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And then everybody just like stops there because those are the two verses that we, you know, we like to memorize. And again, they're, they're good ones to memorize, obviously, but we like to memorize those. You see them on a t-shirt, a coffee mug, a, you know, whatever, a painting or something. But then the very next verse, verse three, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, there's the metaphor again, um, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Like the first thing that he's pressing them to think differently about in order that they might be transformed is the way they think about themselves within the context of the local church. And so... um, I don't know. We just this, that that's I, again I'm, the reason I'm saying all that is that's why we're doing this podcast. It's it's an ongoing discussion that is almost inexhaustible because the Bible talks so much about it. I think another thing you see there, right, right at the end of verse two, um, with this idea: of don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that so for the purpose you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Um, I mean, how often we we take the idea of the will of God and we, we kind of, uh, make it super abstract and like something we've got to, you know, sit and I talked about this and when, when, uh, we were preaching on it, but like, we think, we think we got to sit outside and gaze at the stars and wait for him to, you know, send it across the sky or, or make it, make it align with my emotions or the things I think I need and whatever it is, we kind of just wait for the sense or feeling, uh, but he's he's telling us what it is, uh, and uh, and and it, to your point, the first thing that he goes to is this idea of first thinking rightly about yourself in relationship to to the body, but then also functioning in it the way that you should, and uh, and being committed to it and participating in it, and uh, and yeah, I mean it's not not to be overly blunt about it maybe, but it's like this is how the Bible talks about it. It's yep. that it's that important and foundational. Yeah, for sure. Why don't we each, and uh, Conrad, we haven't heard from you yet, so maybe you can start, but why don't we each just give a brief sketch of just a little bit of our experience with church growing up? Um, Dangerous question. I know. I said brief, <laughs> key, key phrase being brief sketch. So uh, why don't we each just take a, take a couple minutes to do that? Conrad, do you mind? Sure. Going first one. My overall uh, church experience throughout my lifetime has been uh, pretty good. Uh, I was raised in the church, uh, in the little country church growing up. And then as I got older into my teen years, I uh, went to a little bit bigger church. Um, but uh, just serving in different capacities throughout the years, uh, from missions to church boards to, you know, 
lot of different things. Um, but overall, it was a really good e- experience. Um, Mercy Hill, uh, you know, we've been going since 2014. Uh, I think it's uh, kind of went through a season uh, prior to starting Mercy Hill where, uh, you know, almost like where I had to strip away everything that I thought church was. Yeah. And um, uh, just kind of had to uh, start from the ground up. And I feel like uh, Mercy Hill was a large part of that, um, even in, in just in starting out, um, beginning to uh, just question how, what does God want for Mercy Hill, uh, not looking at other churches or what they're doing. Because um, that was that gets very tempting is looking at what everybody else is doing, yeah, and sure. but but what is what is God yeah. asking of us yeah. in our local fellowship, and what does God want us to look like? Yeah. What does He want us to do? Yeah, and then and then really, yeah. Again, I don't know how you, it's like when you see something and you can't unsee it and you can't unsee it. But if you can just imagine, what if you just didn't know what the church was or what it was supposed to be? And you just came to the Bible and just looked at what it said about it, you know, and trying to to just start from there. Um, again, I think we get so hung up on form and all sorts of the different little technicalities. And I, I would argue that we should have reasons why behind what we do okay, for, for everything. We shouldn't just, just make stuff up. Um, however... The, the bigger issue, again, is not just in the, the what, and even if you have a why behind the what, but it's who. Who are we? Um, who has God called us to be? Again, this, this is an identity thing. One thing I'll share, just a real brief little bit of my story, and then we'll go to Matt and, and to Mark. Um, but get, that's something I know, Connor, me, you, and Matt all had in common before starting Mercy Hill was that we went through a season where we had a little bit though of some a little bit of bad taste in our mouth from from some you know different and not at the same we weren't at the same church none of us were um we kind of knew each other you know uh with some things but then we went through a season we didn't really plant the church out of that season but we went through a season where we did house church for a while you know we had moved to canton we did house church with conrad and his family for a little bit i knew matt from matt was attending another church the time and I would preach there occasionally and just kind of knew Matt. I don't, I don't know how I knew him, but I just kind of knew him from just being around. Um, but it was it was really a time of um, I hate to use this word because I think it's it's obviously so loaded, uh, but almost like a little bit of deconstruction. I was there. trying to stay away from that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, I said, yeah. it. <laughs> but at the same but at the same time, it wasn't. You know, God is gracious in it, in that we never. Were, but however, we were never deconstructing the faith. No, I wouldn't argue. But there was some deconstruction in terms of our ecclesiology, and what exactly the church was. And I think that that's actually good and healthy. If you're going to not just go, you know, what do I want it to be? Let's get creative, you know. But like, if you go, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? And come back to that. Um, uh, it gives you a reason why. But yeah, anyway. But all that to say that that's a little bit of of uh where some of our stories uh overlap um and that uh yeah just coming out of that getting an identity from uh the church after i think being burned out on a lot of the just do yeah do this do this do this this is what good christians do good christians serve you want to be a servant don't you you know and like that whole thing um yeah matt 
Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just trying my mind right now, trying to do the uh, short cliff notes here because there's so much I can say. Right. Um, <laughs> but the, the church I was raised in, um, it it ground up pastors and ministers. Um, so like I I mean. Just in my short time there, I mean, not like, just that one, I'm sure. Yeah, there was others lot, yeah. too, but um, like the one I was raised in, <clears throat> literally, like we saw a minister get ousted out of the church because his his wife was a bad housekeeper. So yeah, 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 So that was like the initial, and and and, and plus the doctrinal. I have I have some huge doctrinal issues yeah. against uh, this church as well, but um, <clears throat> those were all things that I was raised in. Um, left that church at, at, in um, in high school because there was no no youth group and went to another church, actually my wife's home church. And then even there, there was just some dysfunction as we uh, were married and we left there, went to a non-denominational church. And, um, and, and we thought we found the church partly because the leadership structure was there was no leadership. <laughs> and we thought that was it because we thought, well, the, the, the cause of this problem was maybe leadership. Well, sure. when you have a vacuum of leadership, there's always leadership even when there's a vacuum of leadership. It's just no one's responsible. <laughs> and and I, I, I can laugh a little bit, but that church is no longer in existence due to part of that. Um, we led youth group there. Well, um, some things have happened, and then we left the church totally for almost two years. Uh, we were, uh, once again, that word that I'm not going to use was was kind of in play a little bit, but uh, we had to detox and really seek God and what the church really was in that even though, but her parents and my parents and our, our families who all went to church were really concerned about us because they thought we had lost our faith in God. No, we didn't even lose our faith in the church. It was just that there was just so much there that we were just trying to work through. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, God was faithful to us. Uh, in the meantime, we had started a couple Bible studies, which then when we came to Mercy Hill, which was early on at Mercy Hill, we pretty much grafted them right in with us into Mercy Hill. So um, God's good in it all, but it, it, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that you go through in church. And, 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 and just even, even I know in my own past, I look at it, and there was just a lot of unhealthiness. Yeah, can I can, before we get to you, Mark? Sure. I just want to jump in on that real quick. Maybe the the word that was coming to mind, or, and maybe you actually said this, but um, it's maybe because we're trying to stay away from the word deconstruct, <laughs> just even though we've already said it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> just because it's so little, but but just detox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah detox. You know? and, yep. And I think again, I know I'm I'm just beating the same drum here, <laughs> but like if you are disillusioned on the church, you. Do not throw the whole thing away. This is, it is the hope of the world. It is, when you come to the Bible and understand what it is that it, like this unbelievable promise that we mentioned earlier, that it is what Jesus is building. And I know we know this, but Jesus does not fail. Uh, and so, like, there is such great hope in being a part of the local church, being part of what Christ is doing. But I would argue that, part of maybe the detox that you need to partake in is again just thinking of, about it in terms of identity and not just and not just doing because again when you get sucked into that well, things were done this way and that's best so we're just going to do them another way you, you're already done it's good you're, you're already yeah, done it. you you have yep. to change the entire conversation uh, kind of going down a level to the foundation which is really the issue, which is why your walls are, are cracking and, and you know, why things are, are 
you know, floors are crooked and leaning and stuff like that. The issues in the foundation and at the foundation um, is identity. So, yeah, so I, let's roll with detox. I, th- I think part of that detox. detox, though, too, is like, you know, like that that uh, poster from World War Two where you had Uncle Sam pointing at you and, and basically like. It was a, yeah, it's sure. a drive to, we want you. Um, so convicting. Uncle yes. Sam's yeah. And in a lot of ways, a, a lot of my church background has been that. Sure. Like, just do it. Just go ahead and do it. You know, we're going to put you into whatever ministry we need you yeah. because we need you and no one else is willing to serve. And if you really right. love Jesus, you're going to do it. Right. Even though you've been burnt out for how many yes. years and, and yep. you're not healthy in that, but you're trying to, trying to perform. And, and honestly, you know, like when we left the church, um, we didn't even realize how bad we were. <laughs> sure. yeah. We really didn't. And then it was just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing with burnout and that's, we should do a whole nother podcast on that, but just, but just the thing about burnout and not just how there's so much talk about how pastors are burned out. And that's true. That's one conversation, but Christians are burned out. Yeah. <laughs> just, just yeah. believers are just burned out on the church because again, it's, we think of it as a do thing and not a, an identity thing. Sorry. Okay. Mark. Look at your church story comments. <laughs> well, I've been, notes, yeah, I, uh, I've been in church my whole life. Grew up in church. Parents were believers. We, the church I grew up in, um, we were there until I was about, I want to say like 16. Sounds right. Somewhere there. I think it was like my sophomore year of high school. Um, it was a, I think, good church in a lot of ways. It was uh, very like fundamental Baptist. Good, good. Uh, teaching sound doctrinally all of that stuff um it definitely had a little uh legalistic flavor to it um just in the sense of you know it was kind of a there was a there was a bit of a box that uh the good right faithful christian fit into and um so i struggled with that there my family honestly a little bit um i don't think ultimately in ways that were like unfaithful to jesus or anything but just uh just struggled with that whole mindset that fleshed itself out in a lot of, a lot of unhealthy ways, um, that, uh, my family struggled with and then became a little bit more pressing as we got older, like me and me and my, um, brothers in particular at that point. And so, um, things just kind of came to a head there and, and, uh, my parents decided that it was the best thing for us for, uh, to, to, to leave that church at that point. We were, um, not, not really, regular, uh, I guess didn't really have a church home for a little while there ended up landing at a place, um, not far from us that I would say was much more kind of like mainstream at the time. So this would have been like 2013 ish. Um, and, uh, in, in a lot of ways, like very, very different than what we had come from. We met in a movie theater. It was a church plant. Um, very, very, uh, engaging, very passionate about being in the community and, um, you know, being involved, serving, serving people. Uh, they did, you know, our, our worship service was, was a little bit more like a, like a concert kind of, it was kind of that style. We, uh, I think we even had, we had a smoke machine going most of the time, which was, yeah, it was a real, real deal, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was like, but, but honestly, in a lot of ways, like I, I, as I look, I look back now and I see, okay, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm really like vibing with a lot of the the things we did, but for us just at that time, it was, it was fresh. Yeah. It was refreshing, honestly. And I think especially for my parents and, uh, you know, I wouldn't even say we were necessarily doing exegetical preaching even, but still just very practical. And, and I think 
principally biblical truth in ways that were just good for us. Um, and so that was an interesting just time, like for me as a, as a kid, like kind of soaking it all in, not really knowing what I thought yet. Um, but, but experiencing it. And then I went to Christian school where, um, you know, I feel like I started to get a little bit more clarity on just what the church is and, and, uh, who it's for. Could I, honestly, I, you know, just skipping past the last few years here, part of, part of our struggle just in moving around a little bit has been, you know, wanting to land in a good church. And, uh, the one thing that I can say I'm really, really thankful for above all else, uh, you know, after all the experience we've been through at Mercy Hill is, um, I think just the ways that we try to actually like function in the gospel, if that makes sense. We yeah. talk about, talk about this a lot again, not to toot our own horn or, you know, pretend that we're perfect at anything, but, uh, so much of just what I've seen has been you, you hear the gospel preached, you hear grace preached and everything. Um, and I've heard you say this, like the moment that you need it or someone needs it, you can't actually get any of it. Yeah. Um, and so just trying to, again, coming all back down to this conversation, but like being a place that we actually get to, to taste and we get to see and experience the grace of Christ in the gospel. And, um, yeah, so we're just really thankful for that here in particular, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Cool. Good. No, that was, that was great. And we'll try to, I'm to or not try, we will just kind of land the plane here, uh, on this first episode. So thanks for listening. Um, I just think with, with what you said there about trying to live out the gospel, I'm going to hit the drum just one more time okay? and then we'll, <laughs> we will land the plane, I promise. Um, but the gospel doesn't just give us something that we didn't have, although there is that type of language too, but it makes us something that we were not. It gives us a new identity. And so when you are keeping the gospel central, I think you're going to be led to, and, and you're going to embrace and, and really you should understand what we're talking about that. We're not just like saying, it's who you are. It's not what you do. Like, that's not just preacher talk. That's a real yeah. thing. That's real gospel, um, centered life formation right there. Um, and that he has made us to be part of his bride, body, family, and temple. So we hope that, uh, this episode has been an encouragement to you. Thanks for listening. There will be more to come and we hope that it has given you hope to live out your role, your part that God has for you to play within the context of the local church.